Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Greetings. You've landed at the VUC, IP Communications and VoIP Community. We would like to thank Simwood.com for their support. Simwood can turn you as a developer into a telco. Our hosted PBX is from OnSIP.com, and you can go to GetOnSIP.com for a URL people can click to call you. We've been privileged over the last five years to be using the best conference bridge on the planet. Yes, I'm talking about ZipDX.com, full-color, full-featured, full-HD conference bridge. Our website, VUC.me on the web, is hosted by Bluehost.com. And our worldwide local rate dial-ins are from Voxbone.com. Indeed, this is VUC 564, and I would like to remind you that you could actually call out, shout out to us on Twitter using that hashtag VUC 564 if you have questions for our guest or us or if you want to make comments or whatever. Also, IRC, of course. IRC is VUC on Freenode.net. Uh, I'm not embarrassed. I'll show myself, sure. <laughs> This is a seat-of-the-pants operation, but uh, you guys, you regulars know. We would love to have you chime in, too, you on ZipDX or um, on IRC or whatever, if you have questions or comments. ZipDX, you know it's star six to unmute, to toggle your mute state. Uh, So we're privileged today to have Adnan Lawai with us. Adnan, greetings and welcome. Thank you. It's, um, It's a pleasure to be here. It is a pleasure for us to have you, and you are here to talk about meeting Mogul, and we're going to get into that in just a moment. First of all, the question that we always ask people is, what brought you to technology in the first place? Obviously, you this was, oh, two or three years ago that you got started. No, I don't know how long ago it was, but uh, it was been a while back. What was your first contact with technology? Why did it appeal to you, for example, and how did you get into it? Uh, well, going way back to my childhood, I remember I uh, I actually grew up outside the States. I grew up in Pakistan. But um, when I was visiting the States, I actually saw this store called Radio Shack. <laughs> and I went in there and I started looking it up. And I saw this little kit where you could wire stuff up and build radios and lights and controls and all kinds of stuff. And I was just fascinated by it. So I was, you know, I don't know, 10 years old, 12 years old at that time. I convinced my parents to buy that, and uh, the rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> that's that's fantastic, and what a what a great thing for Radio Shack. Uh, we obviously, I grew up with that, and I'm sure, although the other guys are in Europe, Michael probably spent a few days in Radio Shack every month, right? Oh yeah, definitely. They took a lot of my money when back when they were a decent technology place. In fact, one of the first computers I ever touched was a uh, what we'd lovably called a Trash Eighty. I had a Trash 80 as well. In fact, I wrote some articles about it. Anyway, without getting too far afield, yes, Radio Shack, we know about that. Adnan, again, um, as I told you before we began, you have a very impressive, I'm not going to read it or anything, but you have a, a pretty impressive CV. You've done a lot of things. Um, so could yeah. you talk a little bit about your career and what led up 
to Folio 3 and what you're doing now, please, because this is fascinating. Yeah, um, so, uh, you know, I wanted to be, I couldn't make up my mind whether I wanted to be a physicist or an engineer, engineer, but what I did know was that I wanted to do something in science or technology. So I came to the States, I went to, I was privileged to go to MIT. Um, I did my undergrad and then my graduate degree in electrical engineering there. And after that, uh, at that time, this was the mid-90s, I got really interested in digital video, um, you know, during my undergrad. So my thesis was in digital video. And in fact, um, MPEG, for those of you who remember that, uh, I was part of the MPEG forum. I did some research that, you know, we proposed something um, to the MPEG forum for being able to compress video a lot better and so on. Um, And that's what took me to General Instrument. Um, So General Instrument is this company, or was a company in San Diego, uh, which built the first digital video system. And in fact, they were working on the first digital satellite system uh, in the mid-90s. Some of my seniors, you know, uh, who I learned from at MIT were there. They were working on this system. And so that was really just a natural place for me to get to. Um, So I, you know, flew from, um, you know, cold Boston to wonderful, warm San Diego and spent a couple of years working on digital video and modems uh, and so on. Had a lot of fun there at General Instrument. And then the whole um, Netscape thing happened, right? And uh, the the Internet and dot-com and all of this stuff. And I decided I just really needed to be in Silicon Valley where the action was, Um, And I was uh, lucky enough to get a job at uh, what was, at that time, a really hot company, Silicon Graphics. Um, They did all the animations for, you know, Jurassic Park and all these, you know, wonderful blockbuster sci-fi, you know, action movies. And it just just really appeared to me. And with my video background, and I wanted to get into graphics and, and learn a little bit more about that, it was just a great place for me. So I went there. I spent four years over there. Uh, learning a lot of stuff, building hardware, writing software for graphics, for video. Uh, And then I was starting to really just get the itch for doing a startup. And uh, a couple of uh, colleagues of mine, uh, friends of mine from MIT, were working on uh, on a wireless uh, Warning, your identity is in use by one other participant. (laughs) Sorry about that was the PBX. I'm not sure why, but uh, please continue. Sorry about the interruption. Okay. Um, so I went to this company called ClickMarks. Um, I helped them sort of start it off, um, you know, put in my sort of free labor just to sort of get them off the ground. And a couple of years later, when they were nicely funded and so on, I was able to come in and head an engineering group at ClickMarks. Um, so ClickMarks uh, introduced me to the wonderful world of mobile technology. Um, and uh, it was fascinating. I was just really uh, you know, just taken by, you know, being able to just be anywhere. And, you know, uh, the way we used to pitch ClickMarks at that point, we would talk about your phone being the remote for your life, right? That, you know, with a few touches of a button, you could, you know, control your home, you could control your IT systems. You know, it, it was the remote. It gave you that es- essence of what you needed to control these, these huge, powerful systems, and that, you know, if you think about it, we'll get into it in a little bit. But, you know, that's what meeting mogul is really all about as well. So anyway, so, you know, ClickMarks, we built this, you know, uh, wonderful platform for being able to take, um, you know, complicated enterprise systems and to very simply wireless enable them to provide a, 
an app. Uh, this was in the pre-smartphone era that would allow you to control these systems and to sort of integrate between these systems and build these composite apps and so forth. Uh, we sort of rode the wave. We raised a ton of money in the dot-com boom. We, um, you know, we had to really just cut back and, and scale down and uh, hunger up uh, in, when the dot-com bust happened. Um, and then, you know, after that, uh, as part of um, ClickMarks, actually, as we were sort of riding that down sort of cycle, um, we opened an offshore office that later on I decided that, you know, I wanted to move back to Pakistan where I was from and start this company called Folio3 uh, because we were able to build this offshore office and we were able to um, really save a lot of money and get really high quality work by focusing on, you know, just, just really hiring the best people uh, abroad and, you know, bringing the same discipline to hiring that we had used in Silicon Valley um, to, uh, you know, to our, you know, to offshore, uh, this offshore office which later became Folio3. So that's how Folio3 started, um, which is, you know, my current company. Um, we've been providing, uh, you know, custom uh, uh, sort of enterprise solution development um, for the last 10 years. Folio3 is a 10-year-old company. Um, we work with mostly startups here um, in Silicon Valley and in Boston and New York and L.A. and so forth in these kind of technology hotbeds. Um, our focus has always been and our strength has always been enterprise mobile because that's where we came from, from ClickMarks. And so uh, a lot of the people, the fresh engineers that we hired, you know, 10 years ago are now sort of, you know, leading the company who are architects. But, you know, they've built a lot of products focused on enterprise mobile. So a couple of years ago, uh, we started this project at, at Folio3. Uh, we were building a... Um, you know, a, a bunch of apps uh, for one of our very large bank customers. And this was a bank that, you know, was in Asia, in Europe, um, you know, people traveling all over the world. And uh, they were looking to save some money. They were getting a lot of um, uh, expense when people were traveling and they would uh, make roaming calls. And, uh, you know, a, a call would end up costing several hundred dollars, right? And, you know, the person, would, the employee who was traveling would not even realize it. Um, so we built an app for them, uh, a custom app, uh, which is what Meeting Mobile came from. And um, so anyway, that's how we, that's my background. That's how I got into technology. And that was the genesis of Meeting Mobile. Okay. And that's an excellent, okay, that's an excellent, excellent introduction. Whoops, excellent we're getting some uh, feedback maybe from you. Um, um, let me see. I'm going to have to mute you while I ask you the question, I think. Let's see, was that it? Yeah. Uh, okay, so the the question now becomes what Meeting Mogul does, which we've talked about a little bit, <laughs> which we've talked about a little bit, and, um, and, and uh, how it works. Uh, let me announce right away, make it clear that you can get this on, uh, on Android, on iOS, presumably, and uh, for all I know, Windows Phone and BlackBerry, I don't know. But uh, once you've installed it, and I, we went through, a couple of us went through this, and then it deals with your calendar and helps you uh, organize your day and helps you make the phone calls. It's not just a button, presumably, to call, although you can use it for that. So why don't you run us through uh, how this thing works? You need to unmute yourself now. Uh, and how it works and, um, and what your plans are for it. Yeah, so um, it does a couple of things. Um, I think for the average user, average business user, 
who does a lot of conference calls. I'm sure all of you, or almost all of you, have encountered this problem. Um, you're driving down the freeway at 70 miles an hour. You're, you need to get into a conference call because you're running late to get to your office. So this is just what you do. You do a lot of calls from your car, which I do. Um, and you, you need to dial into this conference call. And um, the way most people do it today is they go into their calendar, they figure out which number to dial, they touch that number, and then they need to dial in an access code. And, you know, if you're smart and you've thought about it, you've written down the access code, and while driving, hopefully you're not typing too many numbers into your phone. But that's how most people do it. You know, many people might just sort of pull off a little bit and do that and then get going. Uh, and that's just really painful. I mean, you know, even when I'm sitting at my office, dialing all those numbers into my smartphone is kind of a painful process. What Meeting Mogul does is make, you know, the, the killer feature of Meeting Mogul today, I think, is, is just that, that it enables you to dial into all of your conference calls with one touch. It doesn't matter which bridge you're on, whether you're go-to-meeting or free conference call or whatever, right? Whether you're using Uber conference, it, you know, it gets you into every call. And the way it does it is that when you download and install the app, um, it basically looks at your calendar. Any events that are in your calendar, um, uh, and this is kind of our IP and the core of our uh, sort of technology, is the parser, which basically looks at every event. It understands that a particular event corresponds to a conference call. It figures out what the dial-in number is and what the access code is. And it kind of works with the phone dialer to dial the number, wait for the requisite number of seconds, dial the, you know, access code, and then get you in the call. So that's kind of, you know, the most convenient, you know, it just takes away a lot of stress from your life, you know, it just makes things a lot easier. Uh, if you drop off from a call, again, one touch, you're back into it, okay? Um, Overall, what it does is that it allows you to get into all of your meetings and to follow up and prepare for your meetings just really, really easy. Uh, meeting Mobile is about uh, a mobile-first approach to meetings. And what I mean by that is that many of us don't use our laptops that much anymore. I mean, I'm much more on my smartphone today than on my laptop. And I suspect that's the case for, for most of you or many of you, Right. And so if the smartphone is your go-to device for business and for getting work done, then, you know, there are obviously some restrictions that the smartphone have. You can't type as much, you know, uh, the, the information that you uh, want to see has to be very, very focused around a partic that particular experience uh, that you're at. It needs to be very relevant. Context is really important. And so, for example, if you're trying to set up a meeting, um, you know, Meeting Mobile allows you to very easily, you know, create a two, three line agenda, right? Or we're working on an integration where you'll be able to pull that agenda very quickly from an Evernote note or from Google Docs, right? Similarly, you know, once you're done with a meeting, it allows you to very easily assign follow-ups and create notes and share it in real time with, with people, okay? So it has CRM integrations, which allow you to sort of, you know, get events that you've scheduled on your Salesforce calendar, for example, and we're working on features where, you know, it allows you to, uh, you know, look at opportunities, et cetera, in real time as you're sort of having your meeting or preparing for your meeting. So that's the consumer version of Meeting Mobile. 
now going back to sort of where Meeting Mogul came from, you know, all these international travelers and, you know, making conference calls and roaming charges. The enterprise version of Meeting Mogul, what it does is that, let's say that I'm based in the States and I'm traveling to France to meet uh, Brandy. And, um, you know, I'm going to be hit by roaming charges if I try to call anybody even in France or, God forbid, in the U.S., I'll be charged two, three, four bucks a minute in order to dial. Now, what we can do uh, is using voice over IP dialing, uh, we can uh, basically use data because a lot of people have unlimited data plans and use that to, you know, route that call and make that into a call that costs maybe five or ten dollars instead of a couple of hundred dollars. Okay, I have uh, okay, I have, uh, I have a question. I'm going to have to have to mute you when you're not speaking though. Cuz we're getting we're getting a big return uh, audio. First of all, I wanted to make sure that I I forgot to say this should have said it before. You want to go to meetingmogulapp.com and that's where you can download the versions and these are presumably the consumer version. The next question I was going to ask about would be uh, how your the monetization model and obviously uh, this is having two different versions, of course. So you've got an enterprise version, but people can try it out. And uh, when I first tried it myself, I noticed you sent me an invitation to a conference because I couldn't get it to work because I wasn't looking uh, at the right calendars. I don't use calendars in the tr traditional business way that people would, I guess. And I have many, many calendars, including our VUC calendar. So that would be one way that if it was looking at the VUC calendar, there are details for calls. And if I were using it in that way, it would be able to parse the, the, um, the email or the calendar entry. I'm sorry, the calendar entry that came to me. And it would know when the call started. It would know on the one button. James, I don't know what you're doing, but you're just distracting me. So thank you for not doing that anymore. And nobody can see you <laughs> except us. Uh, we are the film strip is not visible, so we're we're each one of us is the star of our own production. Uh, Adnan, anyway, getting back to you and the story here, I see a whole bunch of very sophisticated things here, uh, collaborative notes sharing and so on. What are some of these features? And I guess these are enterprise features. Go ahead. Yeah, actually, a lot of those features are available in the uh, free to download consumer version. Um, um, so the collaborative note-taking and, you know, CRM, and, you know, a lot of these things are available. Um, and, you know, as with any new product, we are looking for that product market fit. We're looking for feedback. We're looking for integrations that, you know, we should be doing and what works and what is not. Um, so I think that's, that's kind of what, where we're at. In terms of um, monetization, uh, we really monetize using the enterprise version. And the way that works is that we charge a fairly nominal per user per year fee. Uh, and what that gives you is analytics. It, it allows, uh, you know, somebody to centrally administer uh, the whole system. Uh, so, for example, you can set up bridges for teams, right? So you can say that, okay, for the marketing team, here's a, a number that you can always use. And you can sort of in, in a couple of tabs using the Meeting Mobile app create a, a meeting. Uh, you know, just on the go and get the whole marketing sort of team together and, you know, have an ad hoc meeting or, you know, schedule a meeting. Um, the other sort of, uh, you know, and you can look at using the analytics dashboard, you can look at, uh, you know, usage, how much, where it's being used, what kind of calls, etc. The other way that we monetize is using this voice over IP calling, as, as I mentioned, 
uh, it takes potentially a call that can be a few hundred dollars and, you know, shrinks that bill into $10, $20, right? Uh, but, you know, the minutes that you're using to dial, uh, uh, you know, those voice over IP uh, calls, uh, we're charging for that a fairly nominal charge. Uh, most people, in at least in large enterprises, have, um, you know, the people at least who are traveling a lot, have unlimited data plans. These are easy to get. You pay typically, I don't know, 60, 70, 80 bucks per month to get one of these. Uh, but then that gives you unlimited data roaming, uh, and we're able to use that to basically place these calls and just charge a little bit on top uh, for uh, these calls. So that, that's basically our monetization at this point. Okay, there's there's a question in IRC. I'm not sure I understand it. I'll read it, and then we'll try to get some clear some clarity, some uh, some uh, uh, disambiguation. I guess I can call it. The question is: the meeting has this meeting has several dialing options. Which one would Meeting Mogul use by default? I'm going to guess that what he's trying to say is that in this particular meeting you can use SIP or PSTN. And my question to you would also be. Uh, is SIP an option? Because this is the important part. You say lowest cost conference calls. This is off your site at uh, meetingmogulapp.com. Use Wi-Fi hotspots, calling card or roaming data plans you just mentioned or for VoIP calls and avoid costly roaming charges. Is it possible to program a SIP call? Part one of the question. And the second one is how does it work with calling cards? Don't forget to unmute. Okay, so great question. Um, so right now, the, we're, we're dialing, you know, using, you know, SIP to PSTN. I mean, we're using these services to allow us to go over voice over IP to a PSTN network. Um, but what we can do, for example, is if it is a, a GoToMeeting or WebEx or Google Hangout, then we can punch out to that app if that's on your uh, phone. And, and that way you'll get, you know, you know, so Meeting Mogul is the one place from which you manage all of your meetings and your calls. But then, you know, the best of breed, whatever the, the best app is to sort of enable connectivity, uh, we'll, we'll sort of connect to that. Um, so that's kind of how we use SIP. Uh, and then also, I think what the questioner might be alluding to is that uh, a lot of times there are multiple numbers based on the country or the region that you're at. Um, you know, so, you know, uh, there's a number for the U.S., for the U.K., for France, et cetera, et cetera. And what we do is based on GPS, uh, we'll sort of figure out where you are. So if you're in France, your phone will tell Meeting Mogul, this person is in France, pick the number that corresponds to the French country code. And that's what we dial. That feature is available in the enterprise version. That's not available in the, uh, in the free to download version at this point. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, I'm not, okay. getting, I'm not getting any echo. James, I think you wanted to ask a question. Yeah, I've got a, a question. Edmund, does this mean that uh, you're constrained solely to 8 kilohertz narrowband uh, operation, or have you got a, a mode in which you can operate which uh, allows you to operate in wideband 16 kilohertz or better? Uh, currently, we are constrained to the narrowband mode because we are, you know, uh, the, the common use case that we see is that people are dialing um, using the PSTM, using the phone network, right? Um, so if people want to do a call on Skype or Google Hangouts, you know, typically they might use Meeting Mogul to initiate that call, but then they're using that app to, you know, 
get HD voice and so forth in that particular app. Uh, but I think the re- where Mini Mobile really shines is, you know, it by helping you um, uh, not dial a lot of numbers, and that's typically when you know when you're dealing with the with the phone system. I have another question, uh, which is uh, going back a little little bit to uh, the multiple numbers in, in uh, each of a, a conference invitation. So if you're in France, but you're actually on a U.S. carrier, so say you're roaming, um, are you still going to dial the local number, or are you going to know that you have a U.S. Uh, data plan and uh, a U.S. Uh, SIM in there, and that it's going to cost you a lot of money to dial a local number, and you're going to default to the SIM? Yeah, so that's something that, you know, the user will have to go to the configuration and kind of set that up. Um, so, yes, I mean, you know, you can, you can configure that and, and uh, you know, use it that way. So you can have it. Now, following up on that, are you finding that users are able to manage that? Is, is that the sort of thing that they can handle? Um, you know, uh, we, what we've done so far um, is that... Um, We've used, um, so using the enterprise version, we've programmed in local access numbers that are cheap to dial. And that's been kind of the way that, you know, it's been most commonly used, right? So if you're in Singapore, for example, it will dial the local Singapore number. And, and yes, I mean, it, it, you know, in some cases that might still be a roaming charge, but at least it won't be a, an international roaming charge. I should also mention that uh, one of the things that we are uh, that we are about to announce, and it's actually live on the App Store, is the Apple Watch app. And so, uh, yesterday, for example, I was uh, I had a conference call. I was driving, and uh, you know, I got a little sort of vibration on my wrist. I looked at it, one tap, and I can talk through my app into my conference call. Uh, so that's kind of the new frontier: wearables and uh, it just works wonderfully well. I mean, I think we've won up Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy could, um, you know, call one person on his watch, and we can call several because we can get you into a conference call. You know, we mentioned uh, calling cards, and I didn't understand how that worked, uh, especially since I'm not a calling card user. Uh, is that just a special number? How does that work exactly, if it was going to be a calling card? You know, that's a great question. I think that goes back to where, uh, you know, some of the things that haven't gotten a lot of traction with meeting mobile. So we've got this calling card feature in there. We just don't see a lot of people using it. And that leads me to think that maybe that should be really a separate app and should be sort of, you know, focused, you know, there should, it should, there should be different marketing and messaging around that. But basically the way it works is that if you think about some of the core sort of technology and uh, features in meeting mobile, uh, one of the core sets of features is around dialer automation. Right. This is what we do. Right. We, we figure out what the number is and then we work with the dialer to send the right tones at the right time. And so what you can do is that you can essentially when you go to the calling card uh, sort of uh, screen within the app, you can set up your calling card so that, you know, typically there's an access number. So there's a one 800 number or local number that you dial. Then you, you know, you can set a delay, you know, wait like four seconds or eight seconds and then, you know, uh, in, enable somebody to. Uh, pick a contact, you know, I mean, that's kind of there by default, and then, you know, dial one, etc. So you can essentially program the dialer. And the way it works is it allows you to pick somebody from a contact, 
and uh, from your contacts and uh, dial through the calling card through that local access number and whatever access codes you need to dial it. Okay, I'm just going to show this because I don't know what what kind of a demo whether you were able to do anything, and I'm trying to get this in focus. I, I can see it, so I know it's not readable, but I'll eventually I'll get it, folks. Uh, almost. Boy, I had it a second ago. What happened? Well, the text the text says VUC. It gives the time. If I back up, well, it's almost impossible, but there it is. And if, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I can, I could touch that, and it will make the call. Uh, oh no, actually, it's not because I didn't set it up. There's another. Do you have a way of showing any of the screens? Do you have anything you want to show? Otherwise, I'll show. Well, I was playing with the reflector earlier. I'm not sure if I can actually. Yeah, because I'm not set up for that, unfortunately, and I should be. However, here is. The favorites screen, uh, again, there's got to be a position where this works, but I'm not finding it. There's, I've got way too many screens here, too. Almost. Anyway, there is there is an entry there. It's the ZipDX number. And you enter the details. Again, can't see it. So I'm going to stop that because it's just not not visible. There you go. That's better. Just a little bit better. Okay, yes, much better. Try that. Okay, so this is the agenda screen. And basically, um, you know, um, where it sees a conference call, it puts this this button up right. there, and you can essentially just click there, and it'll it's figured out what the numbers are to right. call, and that's it. You just you just get it to call. Um, so uh, the other thing that you can do is um, you can take notes. So uh, for example. Here, um, one touch, and you can take quick notes. You can take follow-ups, and this gets automatically shared in real time with all the other participants of that uh, meeting uh, because you have their emails and their meeting mobile logins uh, because you've gotten that from the calendar event. Mm -hmm. And so this can be shared. Um, Some of the other things that we were talking about, uh, the enterprise calendar allows you to get into Salesforce or NetSuite or other CRMs. And basically what that allows you to do is any uh, events that you set up, for example, in your Salesforce calendar, if you're a salesperson and that's where you manage your uh, meetings, uh, you have access to those as well. And then we're working on some integrations, some deeper integrations where you'll be able to see opportunities or log calls directly into Salesforce so that you don't actually have to. One of the big sort of you know problems that um, CRM people um, struggle with is people don't want to go to their laptops and type in all this stuff. So to the extent that you can automate that, um, you know, you've saved people a lot of time and hassle. Really. Okay. Uh, yeah. And so following up on that, on the subject of reducing um, the burden to the end user, is it possible to uh, push out conference details automatically so the, the poor user on the end doesn't have to plug them all in themselves. Is that a feature that you have? Um, so I'm not sure exactly what you mean by that, but what you well, can... Well, well, well clearly, um, each conference call must be configured, so you've got to put in a dial string for each one. So yeah. uh, so the question is, is there a, a method whereby a central piece of infrastructure can push out those details rather than have the user have to 
enter them themselves. James, I think he said this, and uh, my experience with it is that he sent me an invite through um, mail for an, for an event, and the the parser took all that information in, and I didn't have to do anything at all. But uh, I'll let you answer that anyway, Adnan. But I, I think that's what the whole point is of this app, or part of it. Yeah, and I think what James might be alluding to is easy setup of a conference call. Is that is that? Yes, yeah, indeed. It's all yeah. about reducing um, the load on the ever busy businessman who uh, who just really has better things to do other than playing with his phone. Right. Right. So what you can do is there is a section uh, where you can set up your favorites. So, for example, if there's one number or there's a few bridges that you always use, um, you can you can just you know go to your favorites, tap on the number that you want to use, you know just enter the you know from a drop down, select the people that you want to send this to, and uh, and that'll set up set up uh, you know it'll quickly set up a, a conference call or a meeting a calendar invite for you. Uh, the other thing that we've thought about as part of the roadmap here is is deeper integration with uh, with some of these conferencing providers. So, for example, this could be a partnership and a and a potential go to market strategy for us, where we provide this convenience, exactly what you're talking about. So, for example, go to meeting or free conference call, you know, through Meeting Mogul, you can just very very quickly kind of you know. Set you know provide some shortcuts to set these uh, events up on the phone, and then you know these frequently used bridges, for example, can you know you can maybe go to a history, right? Even if they are not in your favorites, you can go to a history and use that to sort of set it up. It's something that we you know we've considered, but it's not quite in there right, right now. A couple of questions on IRC. The first one is, how do you measure or monitor QOE, QOS? Now, I think that's you're not in the chain to do that, but you did mention record keeping. And, for example, I assume that we're seeing a re- you would see a report if you wanted to about if somebody didn't go to the meeting they were supposed to, things like that. I'm going to guess that that's part of the information you have, right? But is there any QOS? I, I'm guessing not, but go ahead. Uh, yeah, not really. I mean, our uh, voice over IP provider does give us for for the white calls. This is the enterprise version, obviously. Uh, they do give us a report, and so we can use that to figure out if certain countries or certain times are are not particularly good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the closest uh, in terms of um, who the attendees were and so forth. Uh, we are working on uh, actually a kind of a cool feature where we'll sort of let you know. For a week, you know how many meetings you know you've had, how much time you've spent, how many participants, that kind of stuff. I think this could be a great tool for management because, uh, uh, in my opinion, I don't work in industry anymore at all, and haven't for years because, uh, uh, in the ensuing years, I had my own company and we were only two people or three at the most, and we really had a meeting, you know, maybe had a coffee or something, but. Uh, in larger companies, I think, and James could nod his head and Andy, there's a huge amount of time wasted in meetings. So there would be a chance maybe to take a look at this stuff and say, my God, <laughs> you know, everybody's spending 80 hours a week in meetings. But besides that, a second question was from um, my friend Jungle Boogie on uh, IRC who asks, do they terminate the call? And I think that you have nothing to do with that part, but go ahead. Yeah, we don't. We're, we're basically uh, we're basically enabling you to to dial the call, and we're we're either relying on the 
the wireless carrier or the voice over IP provider um, to, to do that for us. We are essentially a routing mechanism and, a, you know, a way to sort of, you know, just very efficiently dial in. And to your earlier point, actually, you know, um, there's obviously a lot of meetings, but a lot of time and I think um, frustration <laughs> gets uh, built up uh, when people are late for meetings. Um, and one reason why people are late for meetings is they're, you know, just scrambling around trying to figure out, you know, which number to call and how to dial in, and maybe they dial in one wrong number, and then they have to start all over again, and you know, etc. So that's one problem that we saw, right? Because let's face it, I mean, today um, there's very few purely physical meetings. You know, somebody or the other is actually dialing in. I would, I would argue, for most meetings. Um, the other thing that you know uh, wastes a lot of time in meetings is uh, not being sufficiently prepared, right? And it doesn't take a lot; it just needs some direction and some agreement. So uh, just a few bullet points to set the agenda, just gets everybody on the same page, just gets everybody kind of uh, to understand that this is what the topic of this meeting is going to be. Should I be participating or should I not? And what do I need to prepare? So I think that's another way that, you know, using this mobile first approach, just, you know, jotting down a couple of sentences to, to tell people what the meeting is about is just super useful. And I think you said a few minutes ago that when you're ma- you can make a couple of notes or add to the agenda, that's that is sent out live somehow to other participants. Or was I was I misunderstanding that? Yeah, no, that that's actually true. So uh, so any other participants who have the app right. uh, and they're sort of on the notes sort of um, screen for that particular meeting, they'll see. You know, if you're writing something, they'll see that in real time. So so make sure I understand this. Regardless of what we're, what channel, what actual um, mechanism we're using to talk, whether it's go to meeting or whatever, which may or right. may not have text chat, you have a centralized, guaranteed. In other words, if my company we we use Meeting Mogul, so we've got it. We've all have the app, and if everybody's got the app, then we are assured yeah. of having that text communication channel open, and that everybody will. Oh, that's great. That's an excellent feature. Um, other question I had, you mentioned again briefly. Um, you were talking about you're on your phone. Your phone may have GoToMeeting. It might have Skype for Business and all of that. Are you saying that you – know, what is the mechanism? If it's going to be GoToMeeting and I press the button, it calls the GoToMeeting app with the proper information? Or how does that work? Not specific to GoToMeeting, but whatever app you may have when you're using it. Uh, how, do, yeah. how does that mechanism work if you're calling using another app on the phone? Yeah, so I mean, there, there's two ways that you could do it, and you could you could set it up to do it one or the other way. Uh, one is that go to meeting will publish a number uh, for you to dial, right? And so that's just our standard sort of you know one touch dial. We figure out what that number is and we dial it. Uh, but the other way is, uh, and, and you know, if you're driving, for example, that's probably what you want to use because you're not going to be able to look at you know the go to meeting app. Uh, but the other mechanism is it will actually launch the, you know, it will follow the URL and launch the app or go to the, you know, app's web, you know, web sort of um, uh, plugin uh, to, so that you have all the features of that particular meeting. So, for example, you can look at, you know, a, sh- a screen share and go to meeting in that case. So it's the one place from which you go to all your conference calls and all your meetings, but it leverages, you know, when the app or other features are available. That's fantastic. I think this uh, does bring a certain benefit to the to the entire scenario. That's, that's very interesting. I'm looking to see if there are any 
Uh, James was commenting, but I don't think he has a question exactly. Uh, are there any questions on ZipDX? Hit a star six and uh, shout it out. Otherwise, uh, I see Tim is here also. He may or may not have a question. He missed the first part, unfortunately. Um, again, the best way to see what this does is to try it out. And if you're not too busy in life, have somebody send you a fake invite on your calendar. But the, the place to find the app to see what it does is meetingmogulapp.com. Anyone else? James, uh, Andy? Hey, James James is looking perplexed. No, I'm just checking to see whether uh, I'm muted. And I'm not muted. You're not muted. I'm going to stay muted because I'm in a noisy place. Okay. I just want to say that I did that. Have a drink on us, Tim. Tim is in the pub, I think. Okay. Okay. Anything else from anybody? Well, Adnan, uh, it was a pleasure having you. You're a great guest, and uh, you certainly do have an interesting background. And I think the app is more interesting than it looks when you first look at it. You go, well, here, conference dialer. But in fact, when you go to the site and you read about it, and uh, from what you've uh, told us, I mean, it is actually pretty interesting. So I, I recommend people check that out. Okay, going once. For anybody who has questions, comments, I'm looking at Twitter, too. They've got nothing on Twitter. Going twice, nothing on James Bodie says fantastic. All right, well, with that, I think we're going to conclude uh, this segment. And again, thank you, Adnan. It was fantastic to have you. Thank you so much. It was a real pleasure. Okay. We will terminate this part uh, so the live portion will go away. Those of you on ZipDX, stay with us. And everybody else, uh, if you're listening on VUC.audio, we'll also continue there for a few minutes. Uh, check us out, VUC.me on the web and all the other channels that you already know about. IRC VUC channel on Freenode.net. See you next week, otherwise. Hey, that was the bleeding edge of the IP communications and VoIP community. We're at VUC.me on the web. Thanks to Simwood.com, who can turn you as a developer into a telco. Our host at PBX is provided by OnSIP.com. The site at VUC.me is on Bluehost.com. We use ZipDX.com for our wideband, full-featured conference bridge. And our local rate dial-ins are from Voxbone.com. Every Friday, 12 noon Eastern Time, see you next week. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.